0: I'd like to welcome y'all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 158. "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Number 158. Be able to trust in Jesus Christ. He says there, oh how sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to trust his cleansing blood. Just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing, cleansing flood." If we truly understand that, those few words right there if we truly understand it, and then we truly followed, and we truly have that faith that he's talking about, faith and trust, putting it all into his hands, and just willing to trust him with it. When we read through the Bible, and we see it there when Christ came, and how that He was going about throughout each village, wherever he was going, and there was people that was constantly coming to him, and they had so much faith in him and so much trust that whatever was wrong with them, he could heal them. He could heal them of their sicknesses. He could take away their sins and say, your sins are forgiven. They had that kind of trust in him, that kind of faith that maybe come in there blind, could not see, come to Jesus and ask him, make me be able to see. And then to some occasions he would say, be it unto you as your faith is. And that's what he's talking and asking for every one of us today, and that's what it will be. It will be unto you as your faith is. What is your faith in him this morning? Are you willing to totally trust him and to follow his word, the word that he has right here for us? And we read last Sunday about all the promises that he promised there of what, we, what how the righteous will be able to live their life. And he just told all about who they would be. The peacemakers, the meek, all of those kind of things he says there. And he gave them, said this would be the attributes in them and what they could expect to happen in them. Peacemakers, making peace with God the Father and Jesus Christ. We came here not in peace with him. It's his will that we be saved. But we're opposite. When we, born, when we were born here up in the, on the earth, we were born with that sin nature. And we were born in sin. But He made a way that we can escape, made a way that we can see life eternal. So let us all this morning give Him our undivided attention this morning. And let's hear His word so that we can, each and every one of us, be encouraged. I don't want to see anybody go away here today discouraged. I want to see you be encouraged in the Word and knowing that trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ, trusting in what He can do for you, we can have eternal life. But it's got to be all the way. It can't just be partially. But we've got to put it all in there with Him. All of our trust. You know, last Sunday... We read there part of the Sermon on the Mount, and I believe we'll just continue that this morning there in the sixth chapter of Matthew. We read the fifth last week, and we'll just read the sixth chapter today and just continue on in that sermon. It is a wonderful, there is a lot of instructions in these three chapters, and there is stuff there that we all need. It was Jesus Christ, remember what was taking place there, that all of the people, his disciples, and and many more people came, and they were sitting out on on the ground, and he sat down on the mountainside there, and they were down, and he could look upon them, visualize these things, a great group of people there, and Jesus Christ standing or sitting there, whatever the thing may have been, and he was just giving them the instructions of what he would want, how he would want them to live. And we'll read just a few verses here in that last chapter, in that fifth verse, starting at the 46th verse. He says, For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do they even, do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Just give us the instructions there of how he would want us to treat other people so that they may be able to see that spirit that is within you, that new birth, and want to be a part of that also. But be ye therefore perfect, even your Father is perfect, and we need to be striving for that. That is what we each and every one of us need to be striving to be perfect. We, there has nobody been here upon the earth and lived a perfect life but Jesus Christ. But I believe what he's meaning there is we need to be striving. We need to be looking at every opportunity that we can to walk as Jesus walked. Not just saying, well, it'll be okay if I am involved in this, or it'll be okay if I do this. And it's something there that Jesus did not approve of. It's something that he would not have been involved in. He says, be ye therefore perfect. As your Father, God the Father, and Jesus Christ were one and the same. They had that same spirit there. So he, in one place he says, walk as Jesus walked. Here he's saying, be perfect as God is perfect. And remember what we talked about there, that that spirit of God is a perfect spirit. It will, it, there is no sin. There is nothing in that but a perfect spirit. And if we will just let that spirit direct us in everything we will get along good here in this life. He says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men, to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. And I believe there he's talking about just do things... For God, for Jesus. Don't go out and do things so that people can look upon you and try to say, well, look how righteous that he is. Look at all the works that he's doing. He says, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. And what are we looking for today? What do we want to see? Do we want to have the reward from God? Or do we want to have the reward for men? Do we want to have the attention of God and we want to have the favor of Him in our life? Or do we want to have the attention of worldly and ungodly men trying to impress them with some deeds that we're doing? We should be working, as he said, be ye perfect as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Not trying to impress men, but trying to just follow what God would have for you to do as we go through this life. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Isn't that a sad thing to think about? That these people here that he was talking about, They would go into the temple and maybe do all manner of things, but they would do certain things to bring attention to themselves so that people would look upon them as look how righteous that they are. Now, we never should have that. We should come out here today to church. Not that people may look and see, well, they are a godly person just because they're going to church. We should be coming out here With a mind, what can I do? What can I glean today from this message? From the word of God that will help me to draw nearer to him. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now where are we wanting to have our reward? Where are we seeking for reward today? From man or from God? But when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. We don't have to go out boasting to people what we do. If we go and help someone, if we go and help some charity or whatever, we don't have to go boast out about, well, look what we did. We did these things. Sometimes it may be necessary that you communicate these things to others. But never should it be done in a boastful way. It should always be done. But look what he says in there in that uh, that verse. When thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand is doing. That thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. What are we wanting? Listen, these are words of Jesus Christ. He spells it out just very plain and clear how we should live our life and how we should do these things, how we should work charitably here with other people, but not to bring glory upon ourselves from man. But he says, God, if you do these things secretly, that thine alms may be in secret, that you do these things not trying to get attention from others, and thy father which seeth in secret himself. God the Father sees and knows what your mind, what your intentions are in all of these things. Is it to bring attention to myself, or is it to bring attention or is it to help someone? And he says, Shall reward you openly. That's what we all need to be searching for and seeking for today. That we are rewarded from God. And he says that that will be openly rewarded. And people will be able to see. They will be able to see that God is working in you. And we've talked so many about here recently about so many people. That God worked with them all the way along and people could see and know and understand what God was doing in them. You know, we talked a lot about Paul. But just think about the example there that was set forth in him by the Spirit of God. Of how that he was smitten down on the road down to Damascus. Going down there to arrest people. To have them put into jail or killed or whatever it might have been. But Jesus Christ presented himself to him. And he accepted Jesus. He accepted what Jesus was asking for him to do. And he went on down to Damascus there. And he waited for three days. And God had a plan. God had someone that was coming to talk to him, to lay his hands upon him, and to have him baptized. And he received that new spirit, that new birth. And then what took place immediately? And what was the other people around him seeing? They could see that this man had been made new. There was something different in him. And he was willing then to just lay all, all of his thoughts and his His actions and what he believed so strongly before. He was willing to just put it all aside and accept what Jesus Christ was presenting to him. And then others saw. They could see that this man, something is different in him now. He is here preaching and teaching Jesus Christ instead of fighting against it. They could see that. And I believe there, again, that God was able to reward him openly. Even though they tried to kill him, they wanted to take his life. God didn't allow that to happen. He rewarded him by letting him down the wall in a basket so that he could escape and go and do another work. And then there was people for many, many, many years after that, they could see the wonderful works of God in him. The people, as he went into one town there, they looked upon him as as a, a supernatural person, and they wanted to even do sacrifices to him. And he says, no but it was nothing more that they could see that something was different. They could see the power of God in this man. And I believe that that's what he's talking. I believe that the righteous will be able to shine forth and that Spirit of God be able to shine and people be able to see it, not bringing glory to that man, but bringing glory to God. And when thou prayest, Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Do you see what Jesus was just wanting us all to do and to think about? What he was wanting everybody to just look to me. That's what he was asking And don't go out doing anything just to try to bring praise and honor to you. Don't do any of those things. He says those people, and and I believe that that was what was taking place there, and I believe you can see even those kind of things take place today is where someone may get up and they try to make a beautiful and a long-worded prayer. What did Jesus say? When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. And what is a hypocrite? One that portrays to be something, but he's not. Or one that says that he is doing something, but is not. What do we want? For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. They love to pray, he says. They love that. They want people to see. They want people to think about how great I am spiritually. That they may be seen of men. When we pray today, are you doing that to be seen of men? Or are you doing that so that God will bless you in his will, in his word? They have their reward, he says. But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And I believe that. I know that to be facts. I know that, that is, these are words of Jesus Christ. This is how he wants us to come to him and to his father. Now yes, I know that there would be a time maybe that there is a public prayer of some. But be careful in all of those things. Because what did he ask, what did? Are we going by the word of Jesus Christ and what God had to say? But when thou prayest, but thou, he says, for you, you that proclaim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, is who he's talking, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, enter into a place where there is nobody else, so that you don't have... Something that is taking your attention away. Or something that you are not trying to impress someone by what you're saying. You are just talking to God. Through Jesus Christ. And when thou hast shut thy door. Pray to thy father which is in secret. Nobody but you and the father there. And thy Father which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. And thy father, is he truly your father? If He is. He says he will reward you. He will bring forth his spirit upon you. And it may not look like to us, there will be times when things look like why are we having to go through this or why is this happening to us? Be patient. Wait upon the Lord. And be looking for His goodness in everything. Look at what it might be doing that is working a good re- work in you. It is bringing you to repentance. It is bringing you to be more humble in His sight, whatever it comes upon you there. Sometimes we have to be brought very, very low. And sometimes we can be exalted in his spirit. But in all things, give thanks. That's what Paul was saying. That he knew how to be abased and he knew how to abound. But in all things, he knew how to just live for Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to be looking at that. And in whatever condition that we might be in. That we are willing to put it all in the hands of him, and then live by that. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions. Just let your word be, as we talked about recently, yea, yea, and nay, nay to him. We don't have to have all kinds of... as the, the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not you therefore like them... For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. And that's something I want us to all to think about, and to just know that this is the truth. This is Jesus Christ, again, who is speaking these words to us. Listen to him. Take heed to it as it is coming from Him. I'm speaking the words, but take heed that this is coming from Jesus Christ. But when you pray, use not vain reputations. Don't just go out and just try to say things over and over and over and over. As the heathen do, he says. That's the way they pray. They wanting to get all the attention that they hear, let people hear them. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But that's not what God is looking for. He's looking for that honest, and broken heart that is within us that we see that we need his help and his help alone that we can do nothing on our own that's what he's seeking for and looking for be not therefore like them for your father knoweth that what things you have need of before you ask him after this manner therefore pray ye and he goes into this prayer But I want us to stop and think just a little bit about that God knows all about us. He knows everything about you and me today. He knows what trouble that we're in. He knows how if we are abounding in his work. He knows all that. He knows what we need. That's why we need to just go to him. Give us this day our daily bread, as you'll see what he says in this prayer that, he, he, that Jesus said. This is, gave the example of how we should be praying to the Father. And let's listen at these things. Be, be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, and he stops, our Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Our Father, can we everyone say that today? Can you truly say our spiritual Father is what he's saying? If you can't, if you don't feel like that that is in your life, that he is your true spiritual Father, go to him and repent. Go to him in full faith and trust and say, I want to be a part of your kingdom. I repent of my sins and I want your power, I want your spirit in my life. And what does he say? Ask and you shall receive. I believe it may even be in this chapter that he talks about those things. But then he says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Honored be your name. Praise your name. And we should have that above all other things, that we are honoring God the Father above everything. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come here upon the earth. And thy will... Be done in earth, in me, as it is in heaven. Now, what is, the, what is going on in heaven? Everything there is righteous and perfect. Everything. And that's the will of God. And that's what Jesus is saying, that that's what we should be praying for. Thy, thy kingdom come. Your spirit come upon me. Thy will be done in earth. Your will be done here, not our will, but let's let your will be done as it is in heaven. And his will is being done. All the righteous that is in heaven and the angels are doing the will of God. The people here upon the earth are not doing the will of God. There are some. There are a remnant upon the earth according to his word here. THAT IS TRULY FOLLOWING HIM. THY WILL BE DONE ON EARTH IN US AS IT IS IN HEAVEN. IS THAT IN US TODAY? DO YOU BELIEVE THAT YOU'RE DOING THE WILL OF GOD? just as the angels and the righteous that are with him today. Give us this day our daily bread. Be reconciled to whatever comes upon us. You know what we need. Give it to us, whatever it is. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who have trespassed, who have sinned against us. Listen carefully to what that saying. And forgive us our debts as we forgive other debtors. It say there to forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins, and leave it all alone, and go on to the next verse. That's what we want to do. That's that's kinda in man. We want our sins forgiven. But we do we truly want to forgive others? when we see and we may feel like we have been done so wrong and somebody has just really aggravated us and we are so disappointed in what has taken place and we feel so hurt by what they have done to us and we want to just continue to let that grow and and to hold on to it And never just turn loose of it. Never forgive them for those things. And what are we doing? We're doing nothing but harming ourselves. Because we haven't forgiven somebody else, do you think that will just grow and grow and keep it always there right in front of you of how bad you've been hurt and how angry you are about it? You can't let it go until you forgive them. And when you forgive them, it all goes away. And that's why he was saying these things here. And also, we want Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins. If we want him to forgive our sins, now he said, forgive us our sins, or our debts, as we forgive others. Now do you think, when we say that, but yet we don't forgive others, is he going to forgive us ours? That's what we just in. and that's what Jesus was telling us. This is how you pray. That God forgive me my sins as I forgive others. Now I want to have my sins forgiven, my mistakes. So if I want that to take place in me, then what have I got to do? I have to forgive others. Have to forgive them. And lead us not into temptation. God never leads into temptation. But deliver us from evil. Whatever he says that comes upon you, I will never allow so much to come upon you to where it will overcome you. If you, will, if you want to overcome it, you can. He says, I will never allow it to come upon you except there will be a way for you to escape. There will be a way for you to get out of it if you're following what I say. Lead us not into temptation, God, but deliver us from evil. And I know he will. Think about all the things that has taken place, how he has delivered mankind from evil. People may look around and say, well, he didn't deliver Stephen from evil. I would say, yes, he did. He delivered him right into paradise, right into life. He let them take the life out of this body. But he, the evil men there could not destroy that soul, that righteous soul that was within him. And he delivered him from evil. He delivered him from the evil of this world, from the people there that was trying to put, a, put off the word of Jesus Christ off the earth. He delivered him. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine, for yours, God, is the kingdom. The kingdom of God, it's yours. And it's your spirit that's here upon the earth today and righteous and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I want us to, everyone, be able to understand that prayer, understand it good, to use it, and to remember what he said there, that when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. It's not how long that we sit in there in prayer. I've heard that there's been people there. There was people, I heard some man saying years ago that there was this man and then he'd come in every day and he'd pray for hours and hours and hours and he'd end up just on the floor just praying. Now I know that there is times when we need to earnestly pray. But don't use vain reputations. Don't do that vain repetitions. As the heathen do, he says. Follow the example. And there's people that have. There are people that has prayed. And there is times that we need to go to him and more than just a very short little prayer. But remember, this is what Jesus Christ said. When you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. Be not ye therefore like them. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. And then he goes on into that short prayer. And when I stop and I think about that, and I do quite often, that prayer covers it all. Think of anything in that prayer that it does not cover. Now, we can say we can go into all manner of things, but when you come right down to the very bottom line of it all, that prayer covers it. It Tells us to give us our daily bread, the things that we need. It honors God the Father and His Son. It asks for forgiveness. It asks for power. It tells us that He says, "And lead us not into temptation." It asks for these things to not be led into into evilness, and to live, deliver us from these things. And thine is the kingdom. And we hear about that quite often. That's the kingdom. And the power. And the glory. Forever. God has promised. He says, I did not send to you a spirit of fear. Didn't send to you a spirit of weakness. But I will send to you a spirit of Love. And of power, and of a sound mind. That's what he has promised. That's what Jesus was talking about here. That that's what the Father has to offer. Ask him for it, for that is what he has for you and for me today. It's power over sin, power over Satan and then give him the glory and honor in all of it. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. That's strong language there, us friends. And you know the human nature with people there, what is in man is that I can't forgive others. They did me wrong, and I just can never forgive them for what they have done. I will never forgive them. I've heard people say that kind of stuff before. They have done, done me so wrong. I cannot do that. Cannot forgive them. But what does he say there? But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither... Will your father forgive your trespasses? As I mentioned there a while ago, I want to be forgiven. Because I know I make some mistakes. I know I have lived a life before I repented that was not good. And I want to be forgiven that. And I know he has. Now I need to follow what he is saying here, too. I need, if I want to be forgiven of my sins and my mistakes now, I must forgive others. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, For they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thy face. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Again, these are just telling us more about how we should do things To the Father and not to be seen of men. There was undoubtedly there was people in those days. There the scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees probably was who he was talking about. But he just called them hypocrites as the hypocrites do. He says for they go around in a sad countenance if they are fasting, fasting to the Lord. That they may appear unto men. Who are they trying to impress again? They may appear unto men to do these things. He says, Do it, do it to him that God, thou shalt appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret will reward thee openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Listen carefully to that. What are we don't let the things of this world be the most important thing. Lay not up for yourselves. Treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But listen to what he said to do. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And he's talking about that spiritual heart. He's talking about that spiritual life, that spiritual soul there. Lay not up, he says, treasures upon earth. That that is what we live for. Is that all we are doing is just trying to see how much more that we can have here upon the earth. There are certain things, yes, that we have to have that we need here while we're here upon the earth, and we must work for those things. But he he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these other things will be added unto you. He will, if we put him first, there's nothing wrong with having other things, but have it lay up that treasure which is in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, can have no, the natural things of this world cannot destroy that, that part, that spiritual part, that righteousness within you. And thieves cannot break through and steal it. Isn't that something, isn't that a, a comforting thing to think that? That once we get that spiritual part, we have that treasure in our heart, that spiritual life in our heart. Nobody can take it away from you. Nobody. You can walk away from it just as you could walk away from the treasures here upon the earth that you might have. But nobody can take it away from you. And he will be there to protect you from evil, so that you can continue in that spiritual life. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. I want that eye, that spiritual part, to be singled upon his word upon his work, and he says if that's what it is, then this whole spiritual body that we have is full of light. It's full of life, spiritual life, that others then may be able to see and give God the honor and the glory in those things. But if that eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. What do we want? Do we want light or darkness? What do we like? Do we like light or darkness? Just the natural part of us, most people love light. They like the day. They don't want to go into darkness. They don't know what's out there in that darkness. They want a light to be able to see what is going on. And he's talking about that spiritual part. If our spiritual eye is evil... He says, your whole spiritual body is evil. And how great that evilness is and that darkness. That darkness is so great that you cannot overcome it of your own. There's only one way that that darkness can be overcome. The blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ, trusting in him. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ. Because that is how that we can see victory and how we can be filled with the light that he's talking about. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Hear him out. Again, I want us to just keep in mind and keep thinking about where, who is speaking or who spoke these words. It was Jesus. And he says, no man can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and Satan. That's what he's saying. That's what he, he's meaning to us. And there will be a master. There is a master in your life. you either serving God or you're serving Satan. It will not mix. If you try to say, well, I, I can do this and I can serve God, but I can still serve mammon and I can still serve The flesh over here with that, and I can mingle them together, and I'll be okay. That's just a lie from hell telling you that. What did Jesus Christ say? He made it very plain that you can't serve two masters. You can't love the one. He says, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. can't serve God and, and Satan, or God and the things of the world. God and money, or whatever it might be here. You can say mammon could be anything there that is between you and Jesus Christ. It is anything of this world that worldly spirit. He says, you can't do that. You can't love that and serve that above God the Father and think that I am okay with him. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, or yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? And just think about today. Look around, and he was teaching and preaching this 2,000 years ago, and people, I'm sure that they were in their same mind. They were looking at it the same way, basically, that you look upon people today. As okay, what can we do, store up, and where can we go, and what are we going to have to eat, and all the fineries that they might be looking to, or what shall we drink? nor yet for your body, what shall we put on? How can we go and find the most expensive raiments and things so that it brings attention to me? He says, don't let those things be in your mind. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Is not your life that you have, and you have to have meat and drink to sustain natural life here. But he says, what is more important than that? The spiritual life. And he says there that you have to put on clothes. He wants you to be dressed neat and nice, and to be able to be in a very modest way, That is what he is wanting you to do. But he also says, don't take all the thought in that and seeing where, man, I've got to just dress this body and put it all, have all manner of such raiment upon it so that it brings attention to me instead of that spiritual part bringing attention to that. But he goes on and he he just says, is not the life more than meat? It is the spiritual life in us and this life that we have and the body more than raiment. This body, he has given to us this temple to use it to work out our mortal salvation. He didn't give us this body to see how great that we could make it look like with all the expensive raiment or all the raiment that we might put on it, or that you might not put on your body. Think about that. raiment that you might not put on your body, that exposes your body, and, and causes attention to come to you. That shouldn't be. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and I'll give to you these other things. And that's what he's talking about. Behold the fowls of the air. Think about them. They fly around everywhere we see them, and neither do they reap. They don't go out and they plant. They don't sow fields. They don't go out and reap it. They don't gather it and put it into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubic to your stature? We can't do a thing with this body in making it taller or shorter. We can't do that at all. He said, and why take you thought for raiment? Why would we take thought where we might need to do certain things to, to glorify this body? And then he says, and why would you take thought for the raiment? Why would that you let that be something that really takes up a lot of your time? Why? Why? He says, consider the lilies, how they are in the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Sodom in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is to, which today is, and tomorrow cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith. What he's saying there is that God will show you how and he will direct you if you keep your faith in him and get it off of the things of this world, of what all I need to do for this body, and follow him. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, and they, you can look around and see that throughout the world today, of how people want to seek after the worldly and the ungodly things here of the world. They want to seek after those. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all things these things read that again for after all these things do the gentiles seek after the unrighteous but then he says for you for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all of these things but seek ye first the kingdom of god And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Do you believe that? These are words of Jesus. Do you believe what he's saying? He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek him out. And all of these other things will be added unto you. It is not wrong that we have certain things here of of this life. We should. And he says there to go and work with your hands. That you might have to help others if it's in need. And I know there's times that we need, there's times that we do those things. And if you have the ability, I believe that you should be doing something so that you can help. If you don't need it, there may be others that you might can help along the way. But we are the first and foremost in every bit of that. And I know this to be a reality. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let that be first and foremost in everything in your life. And he says, all of these other things. All of these things. He didn't just say part of them. He says, all of these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day. Is the evil thereof. What did James say about something similar to that? He says, Don't go and say that I'm going to go into such and such a place, such and such a city, and buy and sell and get gain. But he said, Put it this way that he says, If it is the Lord's will, I will go into such and such a place and I will buy and sell and get gain if it is his will. Seek ye first his will and all these things will be added to you. These are words there that our Lord and Savior has said again. That is what he has promised Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Starting that next verse, chapter. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, it shall be measured of you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye, or how? Wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull the mote, pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Be careful with all of this. He says, Judge not that you shall be... Judged. And I believe in this same chapter here, I believe, he also says that by their fruits you shall know them. So we need to, what he's taught, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. If we are judging righteous judgment by looking for the fruits... He says that's where you're going to be judged also, so there should be looking righteous judgments in you. And if we're looking for those things. But don't look upon somebody and judge them by your righteousness, by what you think should be done. But look upon and see if the fruits of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost is there. And then you shall know them, whether that is a righteous person or not. And then he goes on there, and he says, when you look around and you see that someone else has some small sin in their life, something small that you feel like should be taken care of, he says, before you go and tell them that, make sure that you don't have a beam in your eye, that you've got something... That is way more in your life, way more sinful, way more that God is looking upon as you need to clean up. Make sure that you have that clean. Make sure you have it out before you go to your brother, because he uses this word and he's used this word a lot in this book, in this these sermon on the mount. He says, "Thou hypocrite." If you've got that beam in your eye, but you're looking at someone else over here and you're judging them because they have a a small sin in their life, but you're full of sin and you're judging them that way, he says, you hypocrite. And then he goes on, though, and he tells you what to do so that you won't be that hypocrite. He says, first, cast out the beam out of thine own eye. Go get that... Your life cleaned up. Go get the sin out of your life. And then shall thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. And that's where we need to be. Each and every one of us need to be striving for that. Be ye perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Give not, that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Be careful with what you do. That's what he's talking about. He said, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. If they did those things, the dogs would just trample it. They would destroy it. It would not be any good. Do any good at all. He says, don't take your pearls before the swine. The swine would not see any value in it at all. And just trample it under their feet. And then turn again on you. And that's what he's talking about. The spiritual part. Be careful, he says. Don't take that spiritual part. And give it to the dogs. And don't take your pearls, your, your precious power that God has for you. And give it to someone that is not worthy. He says they will just trample it under their feet. And then turn and rend you. Be careful with the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Use it to his honor and to his glory. But don't just cast it before someone that might. Just try to trample it down and to try to destroy you afterward. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there among you that if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father which is in heaven give good things unto them that ask him? How much more, he says. Well, the heavenly Father, read this, think about what we just read in those few short verses there. The first one there, in that seventh verse, I want us to all, and you've heard me quote that over and over and over. But I want you to think about it in this terms right here, that this is Jesus that's telling this. This is the words that I am speaking to you that he spoke. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Now that all has to be done with the Spirit of God directing you. That has to be done just as those people there on the day of Pentecost, that I believe when there was about 4,000 people that came into the church in that day. They They heard the Word just as you and I are hearing it today. Their heart was pricked because they saw that they were convicted by their sins. By the Word of God, it was convicting them that they were sinful. They were condemned to hell because of it. And they asked, What must we do to be saved? They had a true desire to be saved, and that's what we've got to have. When we ask in that way, he says, it will be given to you. And when you are seeking, trying to find, what must I do, Lord? That's what Paul said. What must I do? And he told him, go on down to Damascus. And Paul went on down there seeking what would be done for him. And Paul was lying there, and I believe he was knocking. And in a dream, he saw a man coming and laying his hands upon him. I believe that's what was happening. And all these things was given to him. For everyone that asketh, truly asketh in the right way, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. You talk about promises? These are words of Jesus Christ. It's a promise that if we do these things, this will happen. And then he just goes on and he tells us, he says, If you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more Will your heavenly Father give to those that come to him? If we know how to give our children the natural things of this life, and it's the will of God that you be saved, how much more will he give to those that come to him, asking him, seeking him? knocking for that door to be opened. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter you in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. But we'll end on this. But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Be careful. And he goes on there in the next verse, and he says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly. A ravening wolves. Beware. That has been going on. Jesus Christ was warning the people about it 2,000 years ago. And it's still being read and talked about today. And it still happens today. But all of these things, I want you to understand. I want you to realize that that Heavenly Father is there to give you all of the good gifts. Seek him first. And all of these things will be added unto you. That's a promise from him. That is a promise. Live by it. Put him first. Seek him. we'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 281, Nothing But the Blood. And there may be someone that might, would like to make that commitment public. And you can do so by coming forward as we sing. Number 281, Nothing But the Blood. baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and may the Lord receive. Nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me hold again nothing but his blood nothing but Putting our trust in him. And let's keep that in mind. And we've got such a wonderful opportunity. To be at one with him. We've got such a wonderful opportunity. To clean up our condition. And walk with Jesus Christ. As he walked. While we're here upon the earth. I encourage you. look to him. I encourage you to encourage one another with his words that he is coming back and we can be a part of that great resurrection to eternal life. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us and we just glorify your name Jesus Christ and God the Father we honor you and we just ask that you give us our daily bread and let us be reconciled to these things and we ask that you show us what you would have for us to do while we're here upon this earth how we can encourage others With your word. Lord. Be with everyone. That hears this message. Be with everyone. That they might have their heart pricked. And that they may come to you. We ask you to just. Lead God and direct us. And fill us with your spirit. And we ask these things in Jesus name. Amen.